This time each and every Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parsha Shlach. Parsha Shlach contains, according to the Chinuch, three mitzvos. It contains the mitzvah of Chalah, that of tzitzis, and finally the mitzvah of losasuru, a person should not go after their wrong and swaying negative intentions and that which he sees, which is, as you can say, a kind of contrast, the end of the parsha, losasuru, don't go after that which a person is attracted to, and if it's negative, the beginning of the parsha, which is that the maraglim were chosen and given the responsibility of the yasuru, they should go and spy out the land of which the first half of the parasha contains the very tragic incident of the miraglim of the spies the twelve men who were sent to spy out the land and the spying out of the land in of itself could be understood because we as the Ramban taught us in last week's parasha of Baha when Moshe invites Yisro that he should serve as you will be a kind of scout. Why do we need a scout? We have the Ananei Kavod. We have and the Anan of Hashem upon us. The answer is because we always try to do things within a natural way and therefore one could perhaps even understand that before we go into the land which we were which we were about to do we would send scouts spies because this is what all peoples would do unfortunately when the spies came back and 10 of the 12 brought with them a negative report that we will not be able to overcome them and conquer the land and the people listened to the ten evil spies and not to Kolev and Yehoshua as a result of this unfortunately the destiny of our people was turned around Yom Lashana Yom Lashana for every day that the spies were in the land of Israel we were punished by spending another year in the desert and so 40 years we are to spend in the desert and it's only the children of that generation that was to enter Eretz Israel. I'd like to ask a very interesting question the Gemara in Brachos, Chaf Aleph Amid Beis, 21b, teaches us the principle that those prayers which are categorized 
as a something of holiness, it is required that we have a quorum, a minion of ten, to recite these prayers, such as Baruchu, Kaddish, Kedusha. Now, what is the source for this halacha? So, interestingly, of all the places, the Talmud teaches us that we learn it out from this week's parsha, from the Meraglim. How so? And the Gemara utilizes the technique called the Gzeira Shava. Every morning, we recite at the conclusion of the Korbano section, Rabbi Shmuel taught that there are 13 ways in which our rabbis were charged to elucidate, clarify Torah. And the first one is a Kalvachomer, the second one is a Gzeira Shava. Gzeira Shava is a common phraseology found in more in two different places. So if one had a tradition from their teacher going back to Moshe, then this became the accepted law, and the law of one applies to another. And therefore, we begin with a pasuk that's familiar to us, part of the Kriyas Torah, in Parshas Emor, from the Chagim, the Moadim. The pasuk says, V'niktashti b'soch b'nei Yisrael, the end of chapter 22, in Vayikra 22.32, the Pesach says, And I shall be sanctified besoch among the children of Israel. The Gemara then tells us that the word besoch is found in next week's parsha of Korach, whereby Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, Hibodlu mitoch ha'edohazos, separate yourselves from among this congregation. Okay? And just as over there, in the case of Korach, there were at least, and there was more than ten, so too over here, the word toch, v'nikdashti b'soch b'nei Yisrael. And there, hibodlu mitoch, tells me ten. Says the Gemara, wait a minute, how do I know that an Edah, that the term congregation is with ten? So the Talmud in Megillah 23b has another Gzairah Shava, and it takes me to Parshas Shlach, this week's parsha, where the Torah says at the beginning of Ravii, and this is chapter 14, Pasuk 27, Admosai Ada Hara'a Hazos, the ten evil spies are called an Ada, an assembly, and finally the in Korach as well, we have Ibadlu Mitolcho Eida. So interestingly, of all the places in the Torah, why is it that the rabbis utilize the Miraglim, the spies, as a source for this teaching that to sanctify God, you require a minion? 
I'd like to suggest an answer based upon the teachings of Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, in his Sefer, M.S. Yaakov, whereby he raises a very challenging Gemara. The Gemara in Sanhedrin 96b teaches that the progeny, the descendants of Sanchairev, they he was the evil general who came to attack Yerushalayim. And because, thank God, he procrastinated and said, well, my goodness, looking at Yerushalayim, he saw it to be what he considered so small and insignificant. So he said to his incredibly large army, he said, fellas, take the night off and we'll attack tomorrow. And that night, what happened? The entire army was wiped out. So from this general, Sancheirev, his descendants, says the Gemara, Limdu Torah, Berabim. His descendants taught Torah publicly, and who were they? Shmaya and Aftalion. And the Gemara goes on to tell us that Mibnei Banav Shel Haman, literally the descendants of Haman Harasha, Limdu Torah Bibnei Brak, they taught Torah in Bnei Brak. Now, obviously the Gemara is saying Hashem has some sense of humor that Haman, who tried to wipe out the entire Jewish people, his descendants convert and teach Torah. What's going on here? So Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky gives the following interesting, insightful answer. He says as follows, there's no question that Haman wanted to do only bad, and therefore he was punished appropriately, as we say in the Alanisim on Purim, that Vesalu Oso Viesbonov Alo Eitz. He and his sons were hung on the tree. However, the Gemara in Megillah 14a teaches us that when Achashverosh took off his ring and gave it to Haman, his signet ring, to say he approves and will make into law that Haman has the right to, God forbid, annihilate the Jewish people. The Gemara says that this act was Gedola, was greater than that which the 48 prophets and the 7 prophetesses that the Jewish people had in terms of bringing the Jewish people back to Mutav, to bring them to righteousness, to return them to God. In other words, because of the terrible decree that was potentially upon the Jewish nation, this woke them up, this brought them back to God. And for waking up the Jewish people, and for bringing them closer to God, on some level, Haman deserved a reward for this. So while he himself was killed, the reward was given to him by the fact that his great-great-grandchildren converted and learned Torah.
Now this concept basically is one which is so significant. Therefore, regarding the Maraglim, the Maraglim as well, they meant bad, the Torah says, about Yotziu Dibas Ra'a. They spoke badly about Eretz Yisrael. David Amelech in Tilim says, Vayim Osu Eretz Chemda. There's no question that they sinned a terrible sin. However, Number one, as a result of their sin, immediately the Jewish people saw God's hand, his punishment, the magefa, the plague that these ten men experienced. And perhaps you can even argue that the good that the rest of the Jewish people, while they were in the desert, the Dordea, they were able to be and study under Moshe and they uh, built up their emuna. but still, because they meant bad, they were punished. But this idea goes to show us that Hashem takes everything into consideration. Every act that we do, the good and the other. And everything that we do has consequences. And I'll share with you a very interesting point. The Gemara in Chelek, the last chapter of Sanhedrin, has a machlokes regarding Manasseh, the terrible king who unfortunately proliferated idolatry throughout the land. So the Gemara has a machlokas as to whether or not the Mishnah says that Menashe is one of those kings that doesn't have a share in the world to come. And the Gemara cites a pasuk from Malachim Beis to substantiate this idea. This is in the Gemara Sanhedrin 102b that he is compared to Achav. And just as Achav has no share in the world to come, so too does Menashe have no share in the world to come. And the Gemara then cites an opposing view, that of Rabbi Yehuda, who says that Menashe does have a share in the world to come. And they base it on a Pasuk in Divrei Hayomim, chap- uh, Book 2, Chapter 33. So, Interestingly, there's a Sefer called Toldos Yoshua on Avos by Yoshua Heller. And he quotes there the Mari Abuhav, who says, listen carefully, both Gemaras are right. How could that be? The Gemara that quotes the Pasuk of Melachim, the Book of Kings. The Book of Kings was written by Chizkiyahu. This was at the time of Bias Rishon. At the time of Bias Rishon, there was Avodah And therefore, Menashe's Tshuva was not accepted at that time. Why? Because he was a chote emachti. Not only did he sin, but he caused others to sin. And the negative effect, the ripple effect of what he had done was felt throughout that time. However, the second passage, the that of Divrei Hayamim, that was written by Ezra. And when Ezra came back together with Anshei Knesset HaGadola, they prayed to Hashem to remove idolatry. Ah, so the negative effect of Menashe ended, and therefore there was room for Hashem to accept 
Menashe's tshuva at that later time. What emerges from this is that it is so delicate. He, Hashem, scrutinizes every action of what we do. The good of it and the other part of it. And therefore, we are to learn from the Miraglim. And true, even though some good did come out from that which the Miraglim, you know, did, and perhaps that might be a justification for learning from the Miraglim, the bigger lesson that emerges is how careful each and every one of us must be with our actions because we have to learn that all of our actions have consequences. Masei Yodai Lahispo Er The Navi charges us to be ambassadors for God. Everybody looks at to how we act. Jews and non-Jews alike. May we Please, God, be privileged to rise to the occasion and to live a life of Kiddush Hashem. Shabbat Shalom to all.